All right, welcome ladies and gentlemen to another Right Under the Influence open mic spoken word event. I am your host, Disruptive by Choice, or most of you know me as Kay. So I'm really grateful to be sharing this platform with all of you today and just excited to kick off the premiere of this international event. Um, so let's go ahead and get things started. Um, first things first, if when someone is performing, if you could please mute your mics and also um, as I'm talking right now, just so we don't have any interruptions that way. Another rule and regulation is that we will be recording this session. Um, so if it comes to your turn and you would prefer to not have this piece recorded of yours, just let me know and I will turn off the recording before you begin and we'll resume it afterwards. So um, when I get to your name, just, you know, introduce yourself. You can tell us what you go by, your aliases or your, your Tumblr name. And if you could just give us kind of like the title and the backstory of your piece, if you have one, um, just kind of like the inspiration that went in behind it. That is great. Um, and basically the last thing um, is that we do give feedback on here. So after someone performs, if you want to say, you know, something nice about it, what stuck out to you, if you can relate or just kind of any positive feedback, that is very much appreciated. And yeah, so with all that being said, let's go ahead and start the show. All right. So the first person up for today is Rich. If you are ready, the floor is yours. All right. So good afternoon, good evening for wherever you are in the world. My name is Rich or Imperial Lefty on Tumblr. And today I'm going to be diving into my archives and actually read something that's been pre-written, at least for the most part. So this piece uh, was part of a old series of uh, requested poems that I wrote for different people on Tumblr. So this one was based on an image of different berries like raspberries, blueberries, um, blackberries, that sort of thing. So this is based on an image of those. Subtle berry lips speaking of skills that will make her an asset. Stories to attest to successes breathed in past lives, past places of business with no resistance or hesitation. With each fresh ripe bite, we challenge the different seasons, spring into summer, summer into fall, fall into falling into her arms. She is ready, ready with lips, bleeding blue and black and crimson. And here I await drinking it all. Subtle berry lips speaking of a dream that we can no longer dream. Chastity lost and fallen. The end. All right, Rich, I'm gonna jump in here first and say, um, well, wow, I, I, I really loved this piece. And what's, so it was new for me to get to hear you do something that was pre-written, if I'm, if I'm correct. Uh, and, and what was so fascinating about this is that 
it was equally as profound as what you do off the cuff. However, however, I felt like, and I guess this is because you based it off of the, the like you said, like the Tumblr um, uh, suggestions that were given to you or an image, there we go, okay. Uh, so I, I have to say like, there was some really, really, um, lush, distinct, very tangible imagery in this one, uh, Rich, not that you don't always have that you do, but I feel like being like, sort of like premeditated, if you will, the poem, it, it, it lended itself to being very specific in that imagery. Um, and you still had your general style and cadence. And there were some really beautiful sweeping lines in this that really um, moved me. Uh, I, I like the idea of challenging the seasons with each bite. That I don't know why, but that that line really spoke to me, and I can really feel that. Um, that was I thought that was beautiful. Uh, and I mean, I'm always impressed. Uh, and I I would love to hear my suggestion, um, but again, I'm biased, right? Because this is what I do, but. I would love to hear more premeditated poetry from you, Rich, because it was it was it was seeing you in a different perspective, and I but I loved it, man. It was awesome work. Very appreciated, John. And it was there was only about maybe forty percent of filling in the concrete uh, with that piece. So, uh, you know, it's it's nice to go and look back at older pieces and you know literally revitalize them, especially for a newer audience after having practiced a different style for a few months. I really enjoyed this piece. Um, I like how it was based on, you know, berries and I guess you use this photo for it. Um, and it was different than your usual because we are used to, I mean, those of us who know you, um, your style of just going off the top of your head, kind of putting it together as we go on throughout the show. And I, I really enjoyed this piece. I thought it was very imagery, kind of based and I am very happy to have you and thank you. All right, so we can move along to the next performer and Priyanshi, if you are ready, the floor is yours. Hello everyone, Priyanshi here. And I go on Tumblr by poet Priyanshi Tiwari and on Instagram, Miss Priyanshi Tiwari. So the piece today I'm gonna perform is called Bricks and Sticks. It was bricks and sticks when father bought this piece. He worked for countless hours and worked in shifts to pour a foundation and build this thing. Mother sewed the curtains and cooked the meals. She made this a home where it was just bricks and sticks. To the world, it was the perfect ideal family. But I remember those horrifying fights disguised as discussions about money, lacking human decency. Wiping my brother's tears while shutting his ears, times like those made me wish for it to turn back into bricks and sticks. It was raining heavily when pain reached its peak, a crying sound echoed through an anxious crowded corridor, anticipating a victory. The nurse came out disclosing the gender. Some smiles turned to frown. It took cigarette smoke to clear out some old fashioned thoughts. The conversation held before the child was reunited with its mother went from something of an apology to consoling each other. For some, it turned into a mission 
for some a reason to earn more cash. There were tears of fears disguised as joy. There were some genuinely beautiful smiles. Mother Nature wasn't devastated by this newly arrived child. Thank you. Priyanshi, wow. Um, this piece seriously spoke to me. Um, I, I mean, just the concept alone, I, I, I give you so much credit because I, I don't know if this was, I don't know if this was a personal story or not, but you're taking a, per, you're taking a narrative here um, and you're seeing the wisdom inside that, inside these daily interactions and also the subtext of what things mean to people. And, and these, for example, when you talked about how the child birth being up to very radically different interpretations based on the person who, the different people who were in the room. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I was, re it really spoke to me because I feel like you touched upon themes that I, I personally really gravitate towards. Um, I loved how you talked about nature and money and you sort of juxtapose those there. And that was really, that, that was really amazing. And I, and, and the way you ended it, the idea that mother nature was just so happy to have this child here versus the way people were looking at it so fearfully or judge, or not only judgmentally, but, um, you know, with, with some sort of anticipation, uh, expectation, if, if you will. I, I mean, this was, this was amazing. And I, and I see your strength, Priyanshi, like I see like your, your natural style as a poet is lends itself to about being about family, um, or people and these dynamics, these familial dynamics. And I love that. I, I absolutely love it. It was phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, the piece was actually about the birth of a girl in a family. Like uh, the first, when the first child is born, it's expected to be a boy so that, you know, it will carry on the name of family. It will. So when girl is born, the situation, the environment in the room and the, if the, and if the family is struggling, is previously struggling from financially or anything, then they don't want it to be a girl child. But things happen and you have to accept it. You have to, yet that child is loved. So that was the whole thing about it. Looks like you're getting a lot of love in the comments. Um, this was definitely beautifully written and it gave, kind of gave me this feeling of magic in a weird way. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, but you, you always amaze me with what you write. And this was definitely nothing short of amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Kay. All right. So we will move on. Um, so I'm going to do my piece next. And my name is Kay. I am Disruptive by Choice on Tumblr. And the piece I am reading is called brave and this is a piece that I wrote this past week and it was really interesting because I was I was laying in bed and I was having kind of a just a, a hard night and it finally occurred to me that like I I know what strong means but it, it occurred to me in that moment that I was brave and so this is what I wrote <clears throat> I used to think I was strong and I was but I didn't realize the strength of what it meant to be brave 
Being brave meant being fearless. It meant that I could stand on my own, a new meaning to reckless, the courage to stand alone. It meant not being afraid of what the world might say, nor concerned if friends left, believing in the sounds of the crazy rather than the truth of my story. Bravery meant looking back at the past, facing the demon head on, even with flashbacks brought that came with anxiety to last. Bravery found me as I begun to share the story I had outrun, the one I'd been neglecting, the scary, the haunting, the one that kept me alone with thoughts I couldn't condone, where wipes of tears found me before others could see so they wouldn't ask why and I wouldn't have to lie. For so long, I allowed it to demoralize, consume with patterns to resume, but then I realized I could stand up to these nights, the ones causing the terror of frights, by looking to God for comfort, not as a last resort, but my only. With words of his name and prayers to sustain, I realized faith conquers fear, and through him, I found the hatred clear. Insecurity used to riddle my conscience, stumbling over words that had been said, pondering them while laying in bed. I used to be up late at nights with arguments in my head that broke out in fights, forgetting I still had rights. That's the problem with trauma. PTSD doesn't go away overnight. No matter how hard I had tried to resist, I learned to become a fighter, putting up my two fists. Security came knowing I was safe in the arms of myself, regardless of the harm that was caused by anyone else. Being brave meant forgiving, not holding on to and resenting. It meant realizing that he had his own demons, that despite his actions, I could control my reactions. By blessing him with love to restore him from his darkness, relieving him of his sickness. Misfortune still finds me at times, but with breathing, I found release from sighs. The calming of the storm that lingered over with memories of suffer. Bravery taught me that manipulation could no longer, it could no longer convince me I was wrong, that words I could say would always be enough because my voice aloud was riveting and strong. I think what happened can be taken as symbolic, that when we choose to feed the wolf made of greed, a heart that starts kind creates a turmoil in the mind. The feeding becomes an urge over time, starting from what was just a seed, growing into destruction as a need. That when faced against those whose decisions conquer from what they chose, that we can still choose to be kind and with God can overcome the blind. I pray that he may find love in his heart, a softening of what is that ultimately tore him apart. That he may realize this can be made right, but even if he doesn't, it won't change the fact that I forgive him. As I sit here today, the thing I believe that will be questioned most is why do I forgive? How could I truly forgive someone that destroyed my mind? Invading me against my privacy, abuse is ways of silencing. Taking away my freedom as a ruler over the kingdom, the one of my heart, my mind, the sacred body of mine. But what I'll always know is that he never had the power to reign in control, taking me away from my soul. The answer to forgiveness is simple. My answer is simple. I don't have room to physically hate or wish bad upon another. Because I'm not cruel, I had been there before, Satan's fool. For such time, but this is my story. This is what I know to be true. I found my way to brave, no longer feared and to obey. No longer frightened, no longer afraid, no longer vengeful. Today I'm hopeful. Today I am my own love. Today I choose to be kind, and today I am brave. And that is the end of my piece. Well done. And I don't know if it's um, fate, uh, I don't want to use that word too often, that I'm wearing a shirt that says build your bravery. Um, but that entire piece really does encapsulate this idea that bravery is not the absence of fear, but willingness to move through fear in order to not be stifled by it. And in 
each stanza and each line, you take another step of bravery, pushing through and past different levels of fear. And I think the bravest thing to do is to forgive people who hurt you or else they always end up having um, some level of control, whether it's intentional or, or unintentional or conscious or subconscious. So I think your piece really does, you know, stay true to your own personal story of being brave. Thank you, Rich. That, that means a lot. Yeah, I, forgiveness is, is hard, but I also found it to be the most freeing part um, of this person in my past and the damage that was caused in, in the process. Um, and I think that it's, it, if we can learn to be brave, then there's really nothing that, that can control us and that we can live in the present moment and not be clinging to the past. So thank you. I, I really like that poem and I related to it a lot. Thank you so much. Okay. Um, as always, it's really beautiful. And I really related so much to it. I felt like it was quite like a journey for you to, in terms of like self-reflection and how you went like quite deep into it. And every stanza kind of told me a story, like revealed like a layer and another layer. And I felt like you just took me on an absolute journey. Thank you so much, Pinky. I'm so glad you're here tonight. Um, I really appreciate those words and um, I, do, I do share my journey and um, thank you guys for the nice words. Thank okay. you for the Just, uh, I, I'm sorry, I, I, hope, I don't wanna interrupt anybody. I just, I'm gonna say really quick, it's just one line. Um, not my last hope, but my only. That spoke volumes to me. Um, your faith always shines through so brilliantly, Kay. And I, I really admire that. And I really feel like this piece in particular was for you. Um, it was, it was, I feel like we all in your, in your pieces, you always build towards this optimism, but I feel like in this one, you stayed at that high of that optimistic point, that hopefulness, you, you stayed there right up here and it dipped, you know, we, we explored, you know, the, like the dark parts and aspects of the things that were bothering you as well. But what I really loved about this piece is that you just, you just took us to next level heights of emotional positivity and, 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 um, and aspiring to that. And, 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 and I do feel it was very spiritually or faith driven for you in this piece. And I admire and respect that incredibly. So, uh, as always, Kay, exceptional work. Thank you, John. I, I always appreciate hearing the feedback you give. Um, and for all the love in the comments, thank you too. Um, with that being said, um, Pinky, if you are ready, the floor is yours. Yes, I am ready. My name is Pinky and my um, Tumblr is Frequencies. I've written it down on my um, name bit. So this is something I wrote a couple of weeks ago. Some days I want to curl up in a corner and cry, and cry and cry. The light hurts my head, so I shut away my blinds. Even though there are little girls running in their dresses outside, I do not care. I don't know them. Perhaps I'm a bit jealous, for I wish I was a little girl. Because when little girls cry, they get noticed. Moms will rush, rush to their rescue, asking what's wrong, promising to fix it no matter what. 
For me, the best part is the really long hugs, where the whole world just stands still and everything feels okay, like nothing bad could ever touch you again. And even though I'm almost midway through my 20s, I wish my mom was here. I wish someone was here to hold me tight in their arms and sweep me away before the sadness takes a hold of me. It's getting too close lately and need to be more careful. Some days I laugh and I smile and I fool myself into thinking I'm fine. But it's always there if I look hard enough, a cloud looming over the bright sun in an almost threatening manner. And so I walk fast and run in circles, hoping it wouldn't get me. But one day or another, it drops like a veil unexpected and I'm trapped under dark stained gray where everything bright strains my eyes and anything nice strays away. It doesn't make sense because under this darkness of a veil, I'm watching everything through gloom intensified lenses. I cry over stuff that shouldn't be a big deal. I feel inadequate, dramatic, a burden to anyone who says they're there for me. I refuse to call them just to listen to me cry, especially at 8 p.m. on a Friday night. On days like this, I can't count on myself either. My legs are extra clumsy, my brain very much fuzzy. From rolling off to bat, to standing up straight, to walking to the door, every step's a goddamn effort when you're trying hard not to fall. In this moment, I am five again, a little girl who cries to find refuge in someone's arms. But I am not five, I am 23, and all I've got are butterfly hugs from my own, which of course do not fix much. Curled up in my deep dark corner, I wonder, if it's the sadness that makes you lonely or if it's the lonely that makes you sad. That's it. Pinky, I loved this. Um, I really, really related to it. And the line that stuck out to me the most was, when little girls cry, they get noticed. And that really, that gave me chills because I, I feel the same way sometimes where it's just like, I want someone to notice. I want someone to ask me if I'm okay. But then at the same time, I'm like, I can't let anyone see me fall um, because it's, it's kind of like a, this weird situation where you want someone to care, but you also don't want someone to know. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a concept, um, but I think you really wrote beautifully here and I, I was touched by it. So thank you. Thank you. Hi, Pinky. And thank you, Beth. Hi, John. Hi. So so nice to put a face to the name. <laughs> uh, but I, Pinky, this piece, wow. Um, I mean, you know, I'm always a fan of your work, and I and I love the the personal dynamics that you always talk about in your work. But here here today was different because you really focused on yourself here in this piece. It was not it was not necessarily about you in relationship to somebody else. It was about you. And I have to say, it was a very brave piece, Pinky. It was very beautiful. It was it was so raw and meaningful. And I I feel like you had a little bit of a different structure to this one. It was a little bit longer than uh, some of the other pieces that you you read with us. But I I really really related to this piece. I I took to it. And and I have to say that last line, the way you ended this, was such a wonderful summation of what you were trying to say. Um, and it was it was really, really powerful. I mean, is it the sad that makes us lonely or the lonely that makes us sad? I feel like I feel like you could put that in a T-shirt and you could be like, you know, uh, <laughs> like famous overnight for that. Um, it's a really it's, it's a wonderful line, uh, a meaningful, profound line. And um, I think many, many people, myself included, relate to that. So this was awesome. Amazing. Work, Pinky. So great. Thank you. Thank you. All right, with that being said, we will continue. Um, Salsabia, if you are ready, the floor is yours. And I hope I pronounced your name right. 
thank you, Kate. It's this is and I go by Star of the Horizon on Tumblr. I'd written this piece dedicating to all the lovely girls and also to myself. So here it goes. It goes name. Through the cloven skies she'd come with peaceful wings unfurled over all the worry world. With sanguine cheeks and pearl and silver latex for teeth, beneath her glossy raven hair there beamed hazel eye, bright as the comet of evening there, where the yellow sunbeams die. Her smile as sweet as the damsons, showing up when abetment is found in the realm of afflictions. Her waist is just a trifle more than a cubit in its grip. She's a wayfarer, bright and brief, who has come this far bit by bit. What's to come is still unsure. Her unimpeachable integrity abides with her youth that endures. Thank you. Thank you so much for reading that. Um, I thought it was really, really beautiful. Um, and it's, I just love this platform because it, it just, it brings a rawness from within all of us. And I really think you, you had such authenticity, uh, authenticity in this piece and it, it was beautiful. So thank you for sharing. Thank you so much. So Zabilla, uh, this was a this was a beautiful piece. Um, I, uh, I I don't believe I'm uh, familiar uh, with you here on the podcast before, so if this is our first time uh, speaking. Welcome, and very excited to hear your work. Very glad and happy to have you here with us. Um, this this was this was really really great. You had wonderful images here. It was so nice, uh, and it was like Kay said, it was a very meaningful piece. And you had, um, I, I don't know, I just feel like there was just a, a nice structure to your poem as well. And um, as uh, people know from my uh, ranting on the, uh, the usually the Wednesday night podcast, I love shorter form poetry. Um, probably because I'm so terrible at it. But so I, I envy anybody who's who's really really good at it. And I admire them, I should say. And I, I. Um, I, you you really have a wonderful skill with it here. I could tell like you you condensed everything and you were able to convey everything in such a in such a meaningful, compacted you know co you know compact way. So this was uh, this was fantastic work and thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, John. You are getting a lot of love in the comments right now. Thank you again for performing and we will move along to Soha. If you are ready, the floor is yours. All right, hello guys. Uh, I go by the name of Soha. Um, I've put my name on my tag so you can see what I go about on Tumblr as well. Um, so with this piece here, I wrote quite recently, um, just kind of like dealing, dealing with some emotions and like, you know, missing someone. So here we go. Do you know what hurts most about big loss? Not that they're gone and the pain in your chest hurts more but the hole they left is too big to ignore. The time in the day too long to think less and the time we spend too much to ignore. So what's left is a hot mess with plenty of stress and lots of regret. And I guess I write to distress and repress how I wish you'd be blessed in your presence, that I'm in love with your cadence, how much I miss your fragrance and your very essence. Most importantly, how I wish to cook you breakfast, my deepest desire, you, my only desire i miss you yeah that's it wow 
I'm gonna say that the the somber sweetness of that piece was actually kind of refreshing. Um, you know, when we look at past relationships and the sort of simple things that we would wish we could do, like, and I, I did love the line that it's not so much that the pain is there, but that you can't ignore it because so many times we become numb to things and we push past things, but sometimes a literal gaping hole, you know, you have to put some level of attention to it, which brings you back to thinking about that person, which brings you back to thinking about the things you want to do with and for that person. Exactly, exactly. Thank you. I appreciate that. Soha, hi. Nice to meet you, my friend. Uh, this was this was amazing. Uh, wow. You know, you know what's interesting is I you you use the word cadence right in um in the poem. And you had such wonderful cadence here. You actually, you actually had like a really incredible flow to this. It, there was, it was, I mean, and, 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 I, and I have to give major, major credit to your delivery too, Soha. That, it was, I was really good. I mean, it was really on point. Like, I feel like um, it naturally lent itself to this, like this organic flow that you had in this poem that was just so, um, Beautiful. I mean, I, I, there's no other word for it. It was, it was really beautiful. Um, and uh, yeah, thematically, this was this was this was very interesting work. Kind of like what Rich said. I I I was very captivated by what you were talking about here. Um, and uh, I, I I'm excited to hear more from you, my friend. This was this was really amazing. Um, and you had wonderful wonderful images in there too. And I really liked I really liked the way you sort of like contextualize everything with those images, like thematically with what you were talking about. So this was. This is fantastic work. Appreciate that. I don't know what to say. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> this really was so, so beautiful and so touching. Um, the ending just finished this piece with such, with so much meaning in just like a simple phrase, I miss you. Um, because I feel like we all can relate to that feeling, um, you know, where we think of the good and then we remember that they're not with us and it, it makes it, it makes it hard and missing is a strong emotion. And I really think this piece um, shared that. Appreciate all the love. Um, I've, I've had quite an on and off relationship with writing for a while and I, I kind of dabble in and out, but yes, it's, um, it's really nice to hear the feedback. All right, with that being said, um, let's move along. Beth, if you're ready, the floor is yours. Hi everyone, so I'm Beth. Some of you might know me. I'm on the Discord and I'm on Tumblr as Peach Poetics. So um, I'm gonna be reading a poem called Pink and Yellow Skies. Um, I'm not really sure where the inspiration came from for this poem. That's kind of, I have terrible memory. So I write poems and then I forget what inspired them. So kind of like reading someone else's poem in the end, but yeah. Circular formations slide behind my eyelids and leave me dizzy, swinging like a snake in a tree. Temptation comes to mind and thinking of the Garden of Eden, I wonder this. Does it matter that it was Eve? Did it make any difference after all? Do we really delude ourselves to believe that without Eve, the apple would have remained uneaten and the world untainted by sin? I picture myself growing from a man's dissected rib, only ever a fraction of the life I was stemmed from, snipped like a cutting and grown into a potted flower, created to belong, not to nature as I would like, but to a man. Do you think that snake just told Eve to eat the apple? 
Or did he tell her more? Perhaps he said the taste of the apple would fill the empty chasm in her chest where identity should lie. Perhaps he said the apple could allow her to be a person in her own right. And can we blame her for biting into knowledge? A woman who was born into ownership dared to taste power and we stumped her into history as the villain. I become tired of the space where birds can no longer fly. I want to be free. I don't want to have a body. I want to float around in space as a ghost. Shame is such a human emotion. I want to bleed in technicolor. I want to be free. And so I sit here, eyes somber and cold, and I stare out into the candy colored skies. The clouds look so close, I could almost taste them if it weren't for the blood in my mouth. And the green of the trees calls to me in a language I don't speak anymore. Somehow I see their words echoed across, across the skyline, calling me home. I know it's too late. I go back inside to fight the tumbleweeds in my head. It only hurts me to remember. I look down at my hands. For a fleeting moment, I hate my petite body and I want to be a monster with spikes and huge sharp teeth. I dismiss the thought, lay down on my bed and dream of creation. I dream of being the ocean's daughter, fierce and strong with salt hardened hands and strong swimmer's legs. Born of the sea, running to the trees who call to me. It won't happen now, but I can dream. I wake and see the sky shouting in pastels to me and the trees echoing in muted jewel tones. I run out to them and for a split second, I feel alive, but it passes, but it always passes. That's it. There is so much care in this piece. And I, and I mean that as to say, you take something as delicate as the story of creation and you modernize it with such fierceness because and i'm i'm not the most faith-driven person out here um so i i really do enjoy the the breaking down of of this sort of concept but overall this this pushing past these um, genderized standards, like being born into a position as opposed to being born as a person and then having to literally fight against fate and society and everything else in order to be whole and not be the villain in a situation that, you know, could have still been, um, dangerous or destructive regardless so thank you thank you hi beth uh nice also nice again to finally put a face to the to the name um nice to nice to see you uh beth this to me was so far the mic drop for the uh for the evening this was this was wow um what a piece this was like rich said there was so much um intricate detail here really, really um, well-crafted. I mean, you're, you're at the height of your powers in this poem as a, as a craftsman of words, of, of phrase here. Um, and I was absolutely blown away by it. And uh, honestly, I love that you took the biblical imagery and that you worked with it and not, and you, you said so much modern and relevant things with that, you know, biblical imagery. I loved the way you posed the question, you know, like, 
you know, should he be blamed for wanting the knowledge? That was very interesting. And the way you transitioned from, from this, you know, in the word to use Rich's words, you know, this modernization of a biblical uh, story or myth or however you want to, you want to phrase it. And then you bring it home to a, a true reflection on yourself and all these, this very beautiful, airy, abstract, lush images of yourself as a writer and as a person and your feelings and going and, and transitioning so swiftly and easily into that internal monologue, Beth, um, about yourself and like that internal narration. I was really floored by that. It's not easy to go from having almost a narrative-based poem and all of a sudden switching that imagery over to something more personal, but it was seamless here. Uh, I... I was really floored by this piece, but I've read your pieces on the Discord before, and I've always been so impressed and 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 love your work. So, um, and thematically, I really appreciate what you're saying and where you're, you know, what you're working, you know, towards with your work. So this was, this was phenomenal, Beth. Thank you. Really, sorry, I really like the theme of like the oppression of women and how you put it into this more like an imagery. I like that, and how we can, a lot of us can relate to it. Thanks for the feedback, everyone. It means a lot. That was definitely well written and beautiful. Um, thank you for sharing that with us and we will move along. Um, so Alicia, if you are ready, the floor is yours. So good evening, everyone. I am Alicia, Poetry with Alicia on Tumblr. And I'll be reciting my most recent poem, A Better Day. It's based on a small family who has nothing to hope to live a better day. And they live in terms of pain and sorrow, and I hope you guys will like it. So, the sun came up, and his eyes and the rays of hope held his hands. His hands had nothing but pain and sorrow, so he hopes to live a better day. His legs so weak, yet he stood up and hugged his kids with tears in his eyes, as he had nothing to provide them with that could actually make them smile. And so they walked from place to place, their feet on the harsh road, begging for money and a hope to survive. And the sun that once gave this hope hid behind the seas again, just like it did every day. They gazed at the sun and sighed, then had a look bleeding feet and ignored their pain once again. Then walked and walked through those sheets where they slept and woke every day. Gentle kiss and on the sheets down they lay as hunger ate them up and they could not do anything but pray. And that was really, really beautiful. Um, the, the line that said he was, his legs were weak yet he stood up. Um, I, I really liked that because I think a lot of the times um we we feel weak but we we can push ourselves and we can stand and we can have this hope of survival to kind of carry us along us along even when things continue to just keep getting wrong um so i really appreciate you sharing that thank you so much Jay. hi alicia uh nice to see you my friend uh welcome um i i uh I liked your piece a lot. I, this was a beautiful piece. I mean, um, I, I, uh, your microphone went in and out a little bit there, so I, I was I was struggling a bit to piece together everything that 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 you had you know relayed to us. But I will say 
that um, it was very, very beautiful. And it was a, I, 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 it was a nice, like interesting story. I mean, it was, a, it was very narrative driven, this poem. Uh, so I, I really liked, you know, like what you were, what you were doing with the story. And like Kay said, there were some really meaningful, hopeful images in this as well. And, you know, and you had some, you had some images in there too, that were, that were, I, 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 I guess you would say more, um, not, not as hopeful, but you, you brought us back to that. You know, you brought us back to that point of, of lifting us up. Uh, and, uh, it was really, really well thought out. It was well-structured and it was, it was absolutely wonderful piece, Alicia, really. Thank you so much, John. All right. Thank you again. That was beautiful. Um, so next, John, if you are ready, the floor is yours. Okay, everybody. So I, I think Rich is a little confused because I said earlier that I wasn't going <laughs> to, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to perform, but um, I, uh, I, I, uh, you know, I feel, I feel like, you know, I'd like to participate today, um, just because I'm just so happy with everybody, uh, reading and whatnot. I just feel like, uh, I just feel really comfortable and I just, you know, want to, want to join, be a part of the, part of the community. So, um, I'm going to read a piece. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's shorter for me. Um, so I'm going to give a quick backstory on the piece. Uh, I have very bad um, OCD and um, I have a really bad problem with um, my beard in particular. I, I used to have a very long beard and I miss it. And I've been trying to, yeah, I know, Rich. I know. <laughs> I, I, I see Rich, Rich with his beard. I, 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 I had a long beard like that. Rich, Rich's awesome beard. And I, um, I ended up cutting it off because I'm very OCD about getting everything perfect which, you know, is not the greatest thing. It is what it is. But uh, I wrote this piece about uh, my experiences when I have these OCD attacks. And I tried to get to the bottom and the length of, yeah, I mean, the, the depth of why this, why this affects me mentally and emotionally uh, to such a degree. So this is, called, this is called shape. Last night I trimmed my beard because the hairs prove years in color and depict how days expire on cheeks through lengths long grown. Like a boy behind those grays whose face has varying portraits beneath each strand left standing with passing years that curl. As damaged ends do split at points where waves seem thickest or life itself has reasons to forget which line may bend. Near jaws despite our tools, mocking scissors fought by fringes slanting sideways ever angry we might clip them soon for good still denying death will come knowing skin reveals our aging bearing secrets always hope open never hidden when we shave and that's my piece all right so as the other bearded member of the podcast right now i also suffer from not not to the extent but when when shaving and again we talked about like double standards and gendered eyes things earlier like being able to grow a beard is very masculine but when you're able to do it and you enjoy that part about you it does become a part of your your character it becomes something that you enjoy about yourself um so when you do things that you know 
can't allow you to enjoy that about yourself. I really do um, empathize with that struggle. Because sometimes I'll just let my beard grow and not cut it because I know if I try to, then I'm going to worry about getting the lines right, looking appropriate in public, looking well-kempt or a few other things that you know society says you know is the right way to look. So thank you for putting that sort of experience into words. Thank you, Rich. Um, yeah, it's funny because I, I, really, I, I really sat a while with this poem, even though it was much shorter than what I normally write. And I think it's because I really said to myself for, for therapy reasons, even I need to get to the bottom of why this is bothering me so much. And I think a lot of it has to do with, with, like you said, not, not just, you know, the appreciation of, of, of something about yourself that you, you do admire and care about, you know, that you do put a lot of pride and effort into, and you feel as an extension or an expression of your personality, but also the, the idea that, um, age, age and getting older. And, and, and I, I've been noticing a lot of grays in my hair and on my face. And, uh, you know, there, there you start, I feel like when I, when I shave, people always tell me I look a lot younger. Um, and I, and, and I, and I don't know sometimes if, if I'd want that or I don't want that because it, it makes me feel like, um, my face, not just my wrinkles or my visage, but like the, the hair itself has become an extension of that, um, that process, which I think we all, you know, fear in a way, or, or we, 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 we all wrestle with is a good way to put it. So, yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate that though, Rich. Thank you. And it's, you know, it's interesting that, you know, I'm glad to hear somebody else understands that. I'm a big fan of like, um, poems that cover a topic that I've never heard a poem cover before. So it made me happy to see like a really beautifully written poem about like struggling with your beard because I've never heard that kind of thing in a poem. So it was nice to hear and your imagery was really beautiful. It's well written. So yeah. Thank you, Beth. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I, I try to, um, you know, um, I try to write about things that that I don't think you know, I normally see uh, this was one of them, but honestly, this time it was it was really conceptually just like you know, like I was saying, like it, it you know, I wanted to explore why this bothers me so much because there are, there are days where I could look at myself for like two hours in a mirror if I'm trying to get these lines straight, and um, it's it's such a and it's a very you know, it's an experience that carries over into other aspects of my life. It's a very harrowing experience that makes me feel, you know, like I can't, I, I, I lack self-control in that respect, you know, and it, it bothers me. It really bothers me. And um, so as with everything, you know, as we talk about on here, you know, that, you know, as far as the poetry is concerned, you know, I want to write from a place where it's, it's, it's so genuine because I have that visceral response to it, you know, and um and I feel like, of course, all of us, myself included, I think we write when we have that visceral gut response to something best. And this was definitely from that from that angle. But that, but thank you, Beth. No, that, that really means a lot coming from you. Uh, love, love your work. So thank you. Hi, John. I really liked this piece. Um, I don't have a beard, but I can. I was able to relate to the aspects of it and what you just said about you know spending two hours in a mirror. I think 
for me, um, I, I have that issue as well, where I'll just look for any and every flaw and I won't, I'll just, I won't compliment myself. I'll forget that like, it's the inner beauty that really is what is important. Um, and I, I really enjoyed this piece. It was different than what you normally write and I found it to be very refreshing. So thank you. Thank you, Kay. And I will add just really quickly, you know, like I, when I wrote the piece, I, I tried at least to make it not just about, you know, the experience of, you know, like a man would have with, with just shaving or having a beard, but the experience again of like focusing on beauty and, and, you know, self-image and how, why we obsess over these things to such a degree out of the, again, out of the fears, you know, I mentioned. And so I, I tried to make it like, you know, broadly appealing to, to, to a wider, you know, uh, you know, a, a general audience, not just, you know, people who have beards. So I, I appreciate that, Kay. Thank you. Thank you, John. All right. And we will move along. So Ren, if you're ready, the floor is yours. Hello, my name is Ren and my Tumblr is Fly Little Ren. And sorry, can you hear me? Is it working? Yes, it is. You sound great. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks. Um, yeah. So this piece is a short one I wrote recently recently about it's just the the vibe of being friends with somebody and knowing there's the possibility of a relationship there and just nearly doing it but knowing it's not allowed at all so and this is my first time performing so if I mess up or start stuttering that never happened you didn't see anything um okay it's called can you feel it can you feel it? My hand on your hand, not daring to hold. Your fingertips a brand chasing away the cold. The barest touch banned. We don't dare to be bold. Can you feel it? The feeling of knowing when I look in your eyes. The tension that's growing and the touch causing highs. The want we're not showing and these coy little lies. Can you feel it? Heavy hiding heavy glances from close friends around, not daring to take chances because we know deep down that these dirty advances are met with more than a frown. Can you feel it? When I'm touching your skin and you can't break free, when I'm breathing you in and I'm all that you see, when you know this is sin, but it's okay because it's me. Thank you. Absolutely. I love this. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go, go. Okay, I really, really liked this. I think, um, I know for me, I can relate to this um, and that that kind of like butterfly feeling you get when you do accidentally brush up against their hand or, you know, just like looking into their eyes and like there's that brief moment of silence um, and it just kind of rushes over. So I really, really thought this was beautiful. Well done. Hi, Ren. Um... Welcome, my friend. This was, uh, I, first of all, I have to say, love your sense of humor. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Um, se se second of all, you performed this incredibly. Uh, this was wonderful. And I want to, and, 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 I, and I don't know if I just want to attribute it to the poem itself, or I want to attribute it to your performance again, but there was a really lyrical quality to this. Uh, I mean, you know, we talked about Cadence a few times tonight, but the lyrical quality of this particular poem tonight was, 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 was 
very next level. I mean, there, there are a few riders we have uh, been blessed with here at Ride Under the Influence that, that work particularly with rhyme. And you are right up there with the, with, with, uh, you know, in the, in their, in their class. Uh, this was, this was really, really amazing. And um, what was so uh, fantastic about the rhyme in particular was that I never felt like you wasted a rhyme there. I mean, I, sometimes I feel like in, 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 in poetry that has that, that back and forth, that rhyme scheme, you, you can lose images because you're, you're, you're bending the, the poem towards, the, towards the, the rhyme. You didn't do that here. This was, you didn't miss a word. Nothing was wasted. Uh, I, I loved that. I really, really loved that. And I related to this poem. Um, I, I felt like there was so much, you know, um, like relatability here and, and true feelings that people have experienced. It was, it was a very, very impactful piece. And uh, I, I absolutely loved it. And I, I can't wait to hear more work from you. This was, this was fantastic work. Thank you so much. Everyone's being so kind. Thank you. Very, very well done. We are glad to have you. And don't worry about the anxieties. I still, my voice still sometimes um, cracks and shakes and all that good stuff. Um, and moving along, we are going to welcome in Jazz, I believe. If you are ready, the floor is yours. All right, well, while we wait, I will um, reintroduce Jazz. In the meantime, I just want to let everyone know that we do have a Discord group, and I'm going to include the link in the chat. This is a place where all of us creators can kind of come and chat amongst one another. We have people who post daily prompts. We have people who post photos um, who just, we just check in on each other on here. We do a cypher on Thursdays where we just enter the group chat and kind of freestyle some words that we have on our mind. And it's a great place to kind of stay connected and really um, spend time with one another virtually. So with that being said though, if Jazz is ready, we'll give you another chance. If not, I'll get to you later. Okay, well, that concludes round one. So we will start again. If you guys have another piece of work, if you could just let me know in the chat that you would like to perform again, um, that would be great. We have the time for it. And if you have an older piece that, you know, has been sitting on your Tumblr or in the back of your mind, etc., cetera, um, this is the round to continue sharing with all of us. So Richard, if you are ready, the floor is yours. You want with the full name? Ugh. Goodness. I give I have a mountain of pieces ready, willing, and able. So this is based on a 10-word poem that I wrote. I have a series on my Tumblr called 10 for the Breathless. And they're um a part of a various series of micro poetry that I write. Um, so I'm just gonna use the one as a prompt for this next piece. I'm still here. Can't you feel my echo? Echo, echo. There are stories in catacombs of bones. Stories of families who tell tales to further their generations. Isn't that what our love could be? A boneyard of love letters unsent and resent broken pens and feathered ink isn't that quite the sight a carrier bird filled to the brim 
waiting, watching, taking in every night sky just to reach you? Can you still feel it? The echo in your lungs and heart. When you breathe in my name, there is more blood in your veins and you know that you cannot bleed me out without bleeding out yourself. We are two entwined, both tongue and finger and soul. I buried too many of my past memories in you and memories only exist in the past. So to escape me is to be in a future where I don't exist. And we both know my bones are buried underneath your eyelids. You close them and see me. I'm still here. Can't you feel my echo, echo, echo? The end. Rich, um, the line that stood out to me immediately when I first, when I, when, you know, when I was digesting this was the idea of in order to bleed myself out, you'd have to, in order to bleed me out, we'd both have to bleed out or I, I'm butchering the line. I know I'm butchering the line, but um, it was very, very interesting. Um, this piece was very it was it was i felt like it was similar to what you had read earlier in the night in the sense that you you were dealing with something very specific here um this one was clearly more emotionally driven it was more it was definitely more like like driven by uh, by feeling than it was necessarily just something as tangible i would say it was a more abstract piece but um the idea of echoes you know, you played with this idea of like transience in this, in this um, reverberations, things that, things that come and go that are fleeting, but that sort of repeat themselves. Like you've played with that, a few images throughout this poem of that. And, and the way you ended it in particular was very, very interesting. Um, sort of tying it all together. Uh, I mean, it was really a fantastic piece, Rich, as always. And I, um, and I, lo I loved, I always love when you, when you play with like those, those images that seem to be haunting. Like, I feel like, I feel like you're the master at that. Like you, you have these images sometimes rich that like you, you have like, like you'll, I don't know, like, like I notice like there are certain words that you use inside your poems that, that create like a very distinct image, like the idea of bones or the idea of like dust, or there's, there's certain images in your poem poetry that, that speak to something that is haunting, but in a, in a very, um, meaningful, profound, or, or a poignant quality to it. Uh, so I felt like this was very much in the vein of that. And that it, it was on par with all the other masterworks, Rich. So job well done. Very much appreciated, John. I'm not a master of anything yet. So let's hold off on the uh, platitudes, but much appreciated. That was cool. I didn't know you had this as a as a series on your Tumblr, and I am excited to kind of dive into it a little bit more. Um, I I have this weird um, f like fond of the word echo. Um, I think it it just reminds me of the canyon and kind of just being in the mountains and you know saying a word and just hearing a drag like drag on, but in the most beautiful way. Um, so I really I really enjoyed this piece and thought you did a great job. And with that, um, Jazz, again, if you are ready, I did get a message back 
from you. Um, the floor is yours. Okay, we will then continue on. Priyanshi, do you have another piece for us today? All right, we'll keep going then. Um, it is my turn then, and my name is Kay. I am Disruptive by Choice on Tumblr. And the piece I am reading, I, I'm gonna be a little bold here. I wrote it late last night when I couldn't sleep. Um, and I, I usually spend a lot of time editing, um, but this one I did not have the time to, but I, I felt like it, was, it would be a good, confident move of mine to kind of just um, realize the strength of my poems, I guess. Um, so here it goes. I am the grit of the sand that touches the sun that rushes with water so calm. I am the strength of the sea, the waves that pull me with force, the nature of truth, letting it run its course. I am the God of my being as sins washed away, never to be seen, because I, I am choosing to believe. I am the seed of the palm that laid into the earth, creating a fruitful tree, the one of right, the one providing nourishment for you and me. I am the diamond in the rough where pressure met darkness as I called Satan's bluff. I am the, the purity that sparkles because I found shine within. I am delicate yet powerful as the definition of a bomb defeating each and every wrong. I am the night sky covered with stars from traumas felt but couldn't scar. I am the galaxy of the atmosphere, the particles that became me as comets shooting across. For the hurt I had lost, I am the mountains, standing tall with strength, grooves and boulders, the rock of my being. Knowing the climb would be worth the hard times with air that freshly gave me life, finding views that destroyed the travel of abuse. I am rivers that roar because I've been there before, flowing effortlessly with the current because what's important is remaining present. I am the colors in the sky, the creation of beauty as the eye of the beholder races against time. I am the desert, barren yet felt within the heat, are the burning desires beginning from the feet, the energy rising as the sun where the mouth is salivating, but more so the taste of freedom sweltering. I am the unexplored, the undiscovered, constantly learning more. I am deep and unknown because I choose to be as my own. I am the volcanic ash that flies into the wind as the power of the oozing, the breaking of wounds poured into my soul. With roots of a great oak bringing strength from what I had broke, I am the salts of the sea, the epsom that cleans, the God that runs through me. I am the mirrors that have shattered but created the mosaic, the beautifully damned that became heroic. I am the infinite, the one that embraced and learned, becoming teachable with the guidance I yearned. I am one with the universe, creation defiance, with strength of a heart made into reliance. I am the moon, the quick and gone too soon, whose presence is tied to the flowers that bloom showing that in darkness, the brightest light stems from the vacant, the roots of a soul that's ancient. I am the hurricanes, the storm that had weathered past the vastness that became rain with sound, the winds of persistence, the clouds that made gloom, but were found beautiful in the walls of a room, looking out with a rainbow to loom. I'm the protector of me, the ultimate decider, the aliveness and safety, finding that with harm there are lessons, but through them I became fearless defeating the restless, standing on my own, realizing the blessings are most found when alone. And that is the end. Okay. Wow. Um, I, was, I, was, I was really taken by surprise with this piece, Kay, because I know you said that you didn't have time to edit it, 
but I'm, I'm going to say a really bold statement here, I think. And I'm going to say that I don't think, I don't think it needs editing uh, uh, at all. Um, it's, uh, it's perfect uh, in its, in its execution at the very, at the very least. I mean, I, I feel like you're like, I've never seen you work with so many natural and both natural and ethereal imagery at once like this and it was so evocative and just so powerful um I, I i feel like it was a whole new type of poem for you in a way there was it was a it was it was a, it was a step towards it was still i mean it was still about you know it was still very much in your wheelhouse in the sense that it was it was about your internal thoughts and feelings Kay. but the way you sort of contextualized all this um, and the way you presented it was a very, very different and unique approach and, and, and attack. Um, and, I, and I'm here for it. Uh, it was absolutely amazing. Um, and I, I feel like you've been really like taking a lot of like your inspirations and influences that you've been having like every week and, and every session with, with us. And I feel like you're, you're allowing it to elevate you into like a different uh, manifestation of your writing. And I, and I, and I'm just really blown away by it. And I, and I'm, and I love it. And um, I can see this existing coexisting in, in, in harmony alongside your other more deeper, you know, personal narrative introspective pieces. I could see it. I could see this, this more philosophically image driven piece, um, complementing it, um, or complementing them together. Uh, you know, if you were to compile them really amazing. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. You know, it's, it's funny cause I I've been struggling sleep I'll just kind of get these sensations that take over my body and make it so uncomfortable. And so I had tried listening to a guided meditation and it was talking about the ocean and, and the, the waves and everything. And then it just kind of came to my mind and I decided to write. Um, so thank you for the feedback. Um, I really, really appreciate it. All right. With that being said, we will move on. Hannah, if you are ready, we are ready to hear your work. Okay, thanks. I'm literally about to have a panic attack, but I'm still going to do this because we're not. All right. Um, so here it is. As I walk by a man beaten, beaten by a cop, it takes me a second to register what's going on. These kinds of things don't just happen every day. You know, it's all out of the ordinary. So of course I tell him, hi, um, I'm pretty sure not all cops are violent. It's just a few bad apples that makes cop as a whole, cops as a whole seem bad, but this is nothing more than a rare incident. Are you sure you're a victim of police brutality? He continues to be beaten. I guess my words do not help. Not to worry, I am a caring, non-judgmental person who will think of a different solution. I evaluate the scene. I mean, why would the cop be beating him? Did he break the law? Is this cop acting in self-defense? I shouldn't act until the situation becomes more clear. He screams in agony. I am a non-judgmental person. I, I shouldn't choose sides. After all, I want to help. My next solution, after walking by a man beaten, beaten by a cop, is to read a poem, to express how much I care. I have given my performance about police brutality being bad, and I am an ally to those who are victims. I post my poem. The man goes unconscious. As a caring, non judgmental person, I must not be doing enough. 
I really need to appreciate and take some time to think about my privilege as one who is white and not being affected by police brutality. I make a promise to myself to support the Black Lives Matter movement. Blood gushes out of his head. I decide that now is not the time for words. We must take action. But, but I don't have the resources to help. I only have a poem, a voice. There is nothing I as a person can do. I take time to reflect, to pray for those assaulted by authority. It's the smallest act I could take. That was really, really powerful. Um, I, I found it to be very perspective oriented yet with this yearning to help, obviously, as you had mentioned. And I find that within myself a lot too, where I don't want to choose sides, but like, I know what, it, what I'm seeing is wrong, but it's like, okay, but what's the other side of this? What's the other story? Um, and then it becomes clear. And I feel like for me, I, my intuition usually tells me um, the, the case of what really is going on and how, how wrong it is. And that using the words that we write, we really can stand powerful and we can, we can have a say in what is wrong and what is right. And we can be powerful. So thank you for sharing that. Thanks. I kind of it, wrote it more as like a lot of times we don't take action for a lot of things or we kind of just use, you know, thoughts or prayers or kind of just say, oh, you know, um, I want to help, but I'm not sure when a lot of times we kind of, we need to take more action to solve problems. Hi, Hannah. Uh, nice to meet you, my friend. Um, I, I, I mean, this was, this was a, this was a pretty powerful, profound piece. Um, wow. Uh, I mean, you know, like what Kay was saying, you know, we, you know, dealing with some very, very heavy subject matter. Um, and, um, but, but I think you handled it very effectively. And I, and I love how sort of like your, your, your poem, um, it, the imagery got increasingly darker as it progressed and it became increasingly more um, essential that action was taken or that things were acknowledged as things became more and more real and severe to the viewer in the, in the, uh, in the poem, the speaker. Um, it, was, it was a really, really powerful piece and, um, and an amazing piece. Uh, I, I feel like it's something that, you know, a lot of people, uh, would relate to right now, clearly. And, um, uh, something that, you know, we see a lot of going on. So, um, I'm just, I'm just, you know, really floored by it. And this was exceptional work. And I, ho I hope to hear from you, um, more often, Hannah, thank you so much for sharing. This was, this was great. All right. That was really beautiful. Um, moving along. Pinky, if you are ready, the floor is Hello. Okay, so this is a lot more positive than the one I asked yet. So um, I was doing one of um, the writing workshops and the prompt was to write a letter to um, yourself in 2021 about how this year has been. Dear me in 2021, congratulations, you've made it to 2020. Wow, what a year it has been. The longest 12 months are somehow passed by so swiftly. So much has happened around the world this year and so much has happened to you particularly. The beginning of this year, you had a lot of plans and you were so excited. As the months slowly unfolded, you've witnessed your solid plans come crashing down one after another. You've experienced yourself getting disappointed, then brushing it off and getting back up. 
making new plans just to get them cancelled over and over again. But each time your resilience has grown, you kept going. You cherish what you had, friends, phone call, time. And you made the most out of it. The way you've dealt with change and uncertainty has been incredible, and you should be very proud of yourself. And if there is anything at all that we've learned this year, it is that fate is everything. The universe is a way of working things out for you. Worrying about it or being focused on what you don't have yet is not going to change anything. When the time is right, you will receive all that you need and more. Don't ever doubt that. Every time you've almost given up hope this year, you've been proven wrong. Money, people, love. In the end, you got what you needed. You came out the other end more appreciative of what you have. You are a stronger person because of it. So much growth has happened and I cannot wait to see you grow even more. Don't forget how powerful stillness can be. I know it scares you when you're not moving at a million miles a minute and somehow you feel guilty for taking time out or you feel like you're falling behind. Don't let your mind trick you. Stillness is good. 2020 has taught you how crucial it is to let yourself be still. Let your mind and your body speak to you. Learn from them. So sit in this silence. Walk beside it, dance in it, let it envelope you, let it strip you down and nourish you. Trust me, whatever 2021 throws at you, you're ready. You've got this and you've got me. That's the end. This was so profound and so beautiful. I love I love the idea of writing to yourself. I've done that um, a few times and I, and I feel like it's, those are the ones that are the most therapeutic. They're oftentimes also the ones that I, I find myself crying during um because I I feel for the girl that I was the girl yesterday that you know made it through another day and I just you really are such a strong individual and this this piece really showed um just the beauty within you and I really enjoyed it thank you Kay hey Pinky uh my internet went crazy so uh I don't really know what happened in the last uh few minutes but I will I will say uh that I did hear uh, the last half of your poem, and uh, from what from what I did here, uh, was a- absolutely exceptional as always. And uh, again, dealing with more about your, you know, personally about yourself, um, and, and I really like that. I really like seeing this. I, I always appreciate when a poet is so vulnerable, and I feel like it always makes for um, compelling, meaningful work. And 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 you always. Oh, achieve that so just fantastic and thank you john i'll try to post it on tumblr so that you can read the rest of it and thank you to everyone in the comments thank you pinky yes please post it on your tumblr i would love to read it again um so moving on salsabila i hope i'm saying that right if you have another poem the floor is yours or any type of Thank you for giving me the floor, Kate. Do you have something to share? Yes, I do. It's a simple one and a small one again. So here goes. Respect given is respect earned. Vows are broken, bridges burned. That which is wrong will always remain wrong. No matter the weight of argument, no matter however strong. Patience breaks like promises, shatters the stapled heart. A life spent in misery, cursed right from the start. A relocated anger, a redesigned hate. Within moments of pure anguish, a rewritten part of fate. That's it. 
Thank you. Simple yet extremely profound, Salsabila. This was uh, this was really really wonderful. Um, again, I love shorter form pieces, and I also love pieces that are philosophically profound. Things that things that have something meaningful to say that leave a lasting impression on an audience without necessarily having to um, reiterate itself, you know, over and over again. And this was uh, a prime example of that. A absolutely spectacular work, my friend. Thank you so much. You're very talented to write, you know, these shorter length poems because they still have so much depth and meaning in them. And I, I really enjoyed this. Um, I, I think you're very talented and, and I'm excited to continue hearing more from you and looking at your Tumblr and just seeing uh, the writings that you create. Thank you. All right. With that being said, um, Soha, if you're ready, the floor is yours. All right. Um, let me see. I've got, I've got a few things in the archive. Give me a second. Okay. So this one is called uh, Introspection. It was uh, extracted, it was part of a song that I had written a little while ago. I give you my introspection and then I look for redemption. Tell me how I look, cause I don't recognize your reflection. As I dig even deeper, I yearn for understanding. While I stand in this room, it's only myself I believe in, alone from the womb. So if I look you in the eye, I give you the key to Oh, you can see what I hide, the truth and the lies. My voice without bass, cause when my soul cries, it doesn't show my face. If I trust you with a part of me, a part of me will, will, will if I trust you with a part of me, a part of me will regret it. So you better hold on tight, because if you break it, I'll end it. I don't want to be this way, but I have to protect myself. It's this essence of my being that makes me a soldier in my heart. Detachment from emotion is how I handle the hurt. And should I ever raise my hand, then it's my father I've become. Meaning this life has consumed me. I don't know if I'll make it. I'll keep soldiering through. I just hope my soul can take it. That's it. Soha, um, this is this this piece really spoke to me. Um, yeah, you know, I could be way off base here, but I mean, yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen the Dark Knight, where you know he's told, you know, you you know, uh, either you stay the hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And I feel I, I'm butchering that line too, by the way, I'm just doing, I'm just doing that a lot today. <laughs> but anyway, um, I, I do think that this poem thematically was that um, it, it spoke very much to that. At least that's how I interpreted it. Um, you had a line in there about the idea of like becoming your father, I think you said, and it's something that I relate to very much. I, there are moments in my life where I look towards certain things that I feel like the world is forcing me to do or certain paradigms and methods of operation that I'm forced to abide by that I don't necessarily morally agree with. And yet I feel like I, if I don't do that, then things will, will fall apart. Um, and I feel like this is the conundrum that any person in modern, uh, modern uh, society deals with. Um, and um, you really eloquently put that here. Uh, again, you're working with wonderful cadence, rhyme scheme, uh, kind of like what I said to Ren, you didn't waste a word here. So uh, you, you, you really use like such meticulous language. Um, and it was beautiful, my friend. I mean, and it was, it was meaningful. And I really felt this one. I feel like this is something I've experienced a lot lately. 
And, um, and I hate that feeling. And I could, and I could tell like your, your ending, you know, you, I, I could tell you, you feel similarly, you know, you, you feel like you just have to keep pushing on no matter what. Um, even if, even if you feel like it's breaking you and, and I know that, and I think we all know that, and I think we all relate to it. And so, so fantastic work. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, this one, this one was another really, really good piece. Um, it is definitely a reminder that we can continue to, to survive and really just push through anything. Thank you. All right, moving along. Alicia, if you are ready, the floor is yours. Okay, thank you so much, Sky, for the chance. So this work is based on child labor and it is titled Two Books of Life. So the child who gets to live, a comforting hug in its mother's arms, the support of parents during the rough patch of life, a friend's affection during the phase of difficulties, and the opportunity to enter the doors of knowledge can read the correct book of Ezekiel's the last chapter, this person finds itself in prosperity and contentment. But inside another book of life, a child stands up on its dying feet with dust covering its face for the sake of earning for others. The smiles of such unfortunates could have been saved if there were any emotions left in this planet. These poor could have been their nation's strength if they were not compelled to pour their lives into the largest flames of fire. This sin is being promoted in the sight of people, but nobody seems to care. Every child is capable of being its nation's pride, but only a few of them reach death. Still, we know that it's never too late to open the eyes of this world so that the path to heavenly happiness goes visible. Thank you. Alicia, this is really, really beautiful. Um, I really liked the ending in particular um, where you had said it's never too late to open the eyes of this world so that we can find happiness. Um, it was very well written and, and it had a great message. So th thank you for sharing. Thank you so much, Sky. Hi, Alicia. Um, very, very powerful work here. Um, and I, 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 again, your your microphone was a little difficult to understand, Alicia. But um, I, I have to say, uh, really profound work and dealing with some really um, uh, heavy subject matter, kind of like you know uh, what Hannah was talking about earlier. Uh, you know, similar type of subject matter in a sense. Uh, that this is. Um, you, you presented it in a very meaningful way, Alicia, and it was very beautifully and eloquently relayed to us. So, so thank you so much. And, um, I, I, I love the piece. Thanks, John. Thank you. All right. We will continue to move along. Jazz, we have communicated and I hope you are hearing this so that you can share a piece with us. If so, the floor is yours. Okay. We will continue moving on. She will be ready in two minutes. So um, after this next performer, we will give Jazz the floor. But Beth, if you have another piece to share with us, the floor is yours. Hi, I don't have another piece right now. So um, just listening in, that's okay. Yeah, of course, thank you so much. All right, then Ren, if you are ready, the floor is yours. Hi. Um this is a poem that I'm part of a community where 
every week we get a different prompt and we have to write a poem on that. Um, and a few weeks ago, the prompt was space. And this is a poem that I wrote for it. I looked into your eyes and I got lost along the way, fell into innocent eyes with my thoughts away. An ocean could not compete. An open sky could not compare. No far off galaxy so complete as the interstellar a rainbow found there. Materials not found anywhere. Ions and atoms rarer than time, yet younger than truth. Your eyes, my darling, your eyes, each iris with flecks of gold. Like starlight, I do fan. Sorry, did I disconnect there? Yes, just a little bit. Um, I'll, I'll just start on the next. It's nearly over. I'll start on the next one. Um, swirled around the longest night, a black hole sucking down my surrendering thoughts like light into crushing dark to drown. Glittering stardust fell to earth, I snapped back to hear your speech. This beautiful union we brought to birth, reduced to a final goodbye each. Thank you. This was really, really beautiful. I, I love um, poems that use imagery of the sky and the galaxy and the stars and everything. And I thought this did a really good job of, of this, the ending with the saying goodbye. Um, it, it, was really, it was really beautiful. And I, I'm really glad you shared that with us. Thank you. Hey, Ren. Um, this was really interesting because it was, so, it was very different from your other piece. Um, and I, I loved hearing this because honestly, I, I, I feel like I got to see the, the scope of your talents as a poet. I feel like I, I, I really got to see, you know, how, like, how different you can be, you know, based on different topics and like the, the, the wide range that you have. And um, this was really, really great. Uh, I, I love the imagery again, it's like what Kay was saying, love the imagery. And your delivery also, again, was phenomenal and fantastic. But it was also, there was, there was a more, um, there was a very unique and interesting structure to it, Ren. Like you, you structured it in a way that was, that was, um, you know, like, like, like non-traditional. Like there was not, you know, there, the, the cadence was very much your own, very much like, almost like, like conversational in a way. Um, I, I absolutely love this piece. And I think, um, uh, it's going to be really cool to see you share other pieces because I feel like you, it seems to me like you're a writer that has a, that has a, like, again, like a very wide range of ability and that's, that's, that's fantastic. So I'm, I'm really, really excited and that, thank you so much, Ren. I really appreciate it. All right, we are moving on and I believe Jazz is finally ready. So the floor is yours. Thank you. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, we can hear you, sorry. Okay. okay, okay, thank you. So here is my one of my blogs which I have written on Tumblr. There is a random starting I would like to share. Didn't realize that I would come to a point in writing this. Yes, I lost myself to all the bad that happened in the past. Yes, I did. I stopped considering the concept of me being a human being. Any concept or acquaintance with the self, the softness, all went away. Call it shredded, ribbed, whatever, but all it just went out of the window. 
and the sense that I did not took care of myself seeps in me. Now that the storm is over, it took me a long time and abundant space to realize that what had happened to me and what kept going wrong in me, with me, by me, for me, are four different things and not one. When you are trapped and you know very well that you are by your own fears and fights that's inside you, sadly, there is only one person that you can help and that's you. Even if you think that others are going to help you, there is a point, a minuscule point that you realize that there is a certain point in your soul that you have to let the light enter. And that light is a divine light, is a light which God showers upon you. And that straight away enters your heart. Doesn't matter how you got trapped, how you got locked up, by what means, be it the traditional one or the sealed one or the chains, doesn't matter how you got unlocked by, be it by the breaking up of chains, by a force or heating up or the weirdest means of intruding the locked up spot. All that matters is your liberation that will come with your love for you. And when you rise up to that pedestal, you would be praised. But that praise would mean you nothing. Because you know it was all along you who unlocked yourself with your own love. And the standing up of the budding love for yourself is the most toughest lock that you would come across with. But it would be worth it. Wow, like, that, that was, was really, really good. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, sorry. Okay, okay, uh, thank you. That's a incomplete piece, sort of. I just uh, read my Tumblr blog. I thought it was really beautiful. Um, it really, it really shared the message of how how our own self-love can really carry us through this life and um, just the difficulties that, that we, we have, um, but we can rise above. So thank you for sharing. Thank you. Hi, Jazz. Nice to meet you, my friend. This was, this was, um, this is a phenomenal piece, very inspirational, like Kate was saying, and uh, loved your imagery, loved how it, 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 it forced us as an audience to look inside ourselves and to lift ourselves up to be our own biggest advocates and our own biggest supporters and, 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 and to uh, utilize um, that motivation for change. And, uh, you know, it was really, really profound. Um, and I absolutely loved it. And beautiful imagery and beautiful way, like, of delivering it to jazz. Like, there, there was a really nice structure to the poem as well um, and, a, and a beautiful sort of flow to it. So th thank you. Thank you. All right, with that being said, we are going to move on to that poem guy. If you are ready, the floor is yours. Hey, you guys. Uh, I'm that poem guy on Tumblr. Um, happy to see all the folks I haven't seen before. Um, the piece I have today, um, it's called Recollecting Riffs. Um, let's go ahead and start it. I tried giving her it all but she wanted less, so now I hang my head low, filled up with regrets. My eyes betray me in sleep, interrupted bliss. Devil's got my soul to keep, eternally eclipsed. I thought she was heaven sent, some things God omits, like how hypocrites lament, actions they persist. 
Now I see her in my dreams, nightmares never wished, eyes closed becoming horror scenes, recollecting risks. And that's the end. Hey, Dustin. How you doing, my friend? Um, so this was, um, this was interesting because, so, you know, like, like as with, uh, you know, a majority of the poems you've read with us, Dustin, like, so we're always focusing on different aspects of relationships, right? Um, and the idea of risk-taking here, um, I really like that you worked with that, Dustin, because every relationship, every single one is a risk. Um, friendships, even parent-child relationships are a risk in their own right. They may not be voluntary, but they're, they're a risk. Um, and what's so interesting is that you, um, I mean, despite just the wonderful imagery and flow and, you know, the vocabulary that you used, Austin, like there was just this, this like fascinating subtext of like, when we look back, it's easy for us in hindsight to assess what that risk actually was and what those things, you know, how, how it affects us. But in the moment, we may know, we may see that the relationship is not necessarily the place that we should be in. But for some reason, I, I, I guess we feel compelled for one reason or another, right, to pursue it. So I, I don't know. It was, it was a very raw and vulnerable poem too, Dustin. I mean, as with all your poetry, like I love how you're just so open and honest about your, you know, what you've experienced because I, I think it's a perspective that you, you, you just don't hear a lot of, of people um, wanting to be so open like that. Um, they'll write about relationships till, till, till the cows come home, but they won't, but, but lots of times it'll be veiled underneath other things. And, and that's fine too. There's a place for those poems, of course, but uh, for your poetry though, Dustin, like it's, um, it's always a lot more frank. It's always just a lot more straight, straight to the point in that in, in, thematically. And I really appreciate that. Thanks, Jonathan. Yeah, I try to be as blunt as possible sometimes without tiptoeing around things. But you know, I, I do like the, uh, like you said, like people will veil things. I, I do like the, the subtext that you can find sometimes with those types of poems. But yeah, I'm pretty blunt sometimes. <laughs> Thank you, man. Again, another great poem. Um, I, I really love your work because they, they have a lot of hidden meaning. I think that is kind of up for interpretation. And I, I think that's a really great skill as a writer to be able to have people who might feel understood um, find understanding within themselves through, through the words that you say. So thank you for sharing. Thanks, Kay. All right, we will move along. John, if you are ready, the floor is yours. Hi, hey everybody again. Okay, so um, I am I am going to do a reread because I I I don't want to uh, I don't really have any new pieces that that I think I'm ready to unveil. But I I do want to do a reread of a piece um, because I feel like I'd like a second chance at it. The first time I read it, um, uh, there weren't as many um, uh, fellow uh, writers with me who I think could offer me some insight. And I also want to clarify about the piece because I think that I don't think people fully understood what I was saying the first time. Uh, and I had thought a lot about it. I had posted it on my Tumblr and I had thought a lot about the piece. And I said, you know what? Um, I, 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 I think people think I'm just trying to be offensive for offensive sake, but it's, it's not the case. I, I feel like my life, even within the last week, daily things that I experience speak and lend itself to this, why I feel this way especially the way the world is right now. And um, so I just want 
I just would like some, I guess, some further insights, some further clarity, and I would really like to reperform it um, because it, it really is how I feel, uh, and I, I just, I'm just interested to see how, how you know, how it would be in a second, second go round. So, this one's called Dual Masters. I've watched lives lose every semblance of real hope and fair redemption in pursuit of this fucking hustle that we're told is worth our souls. But the Bible warns its readers against serving dual masters, and yet still we always fail one, thinking somehow God won't care, like that Lord of making money and the Christ we pray ignores us as each person writes their downfall, citing reasons said secure. But what's safe is far from murder of our innocence being threatened as we steal and stab towards greatness, claiming tables beg more food. How our families might just starve when in truth, they're probably hungry, not for feasts, but faith more nourished than these sins could understand. Who assigned such ugly terms, turning all men into convicts? Every child, another player thinking games mean growing up. Like adults, they learn to win cheating rules so rigged they're broken, chasing prizes death can't envy, knowing life itself is hell. Those eternal risks we wage aren't questioned much by people looking outwards upon failures, knowing greed will trump their code, that high standard often blessed before turning into envy, never seen as devil's birthing further evils we should fight. I've heard mothers tell their sons that they hate them for not working, and fathers wish their children would employ what demons sell. I've let lovers try to kill in pursuit of being normal. I found knives in pretty boxes wrapped in paper made of lies. When her Christmas card had sworn season's cheers why she slayed me, skinned my flesh and mocked its weakness, waving wisdom like her flag, feigning warmth by teasing hate, having kisses with disaster while she plotted leaving early because poets weren't tough. Now that face I can't regain is a mask with painted symbols, trading mouths for false protection against judgments spread through air. I'm voiceless insofar as these talents seem aggressive, falling deaf on ears ignoring every warning words can make. Those who listen swear I'm nuts and the rest believe I'm lazy even if I'm earning penance, pointing flaws out through my verse. No, your hustle is a joke, and I'm glad this phrase offends you. You're the virus taking victims, never asking if they cared, or agreed with selfish whims called success by those without it, dragging kingdoms down besides you since that cash can't buy you breath. Heaven fails the ones who try and rewards its idle heroes crying champions of expression who create instead of earn. Wealth is missing from that piece. It is not a saintly virtue or your sacred quest which mandates choosing labor over love. I'm sure this naive plea for revolt means almost nothing. Even though my fear can't save you from our natures flawed with need, the contagious final gasp that we see on news each evening it's our equal end that's coming, whether while it's bulge or not. So I'd rather bleed in red for what fate should wait beyond us, neither classy nor expensive, where our roles do not exist. Be kind and do what's right. That assumes your heart is beating before naming different bosses than ignoring dreams divine.
and that's that's my piece hearing this piece again just it it hit me a little differently and i i liked it um i feel like this is a poem that i could read over here over and over again and i'd get something new from it uh the line towards the end where it said um you know let's do what is kind which is right if our heart is beating and i think that is such a powerful line because it's so right. We all are human. We all bleed red and it's our choice to be kind. Um, and yet in this world, there's so much hatred and so much grief that it gets lost in translation. So I really, really enjoyed hearing this again. Thank you, Kay. Uh, yeah, I just want to clarify, you know, for the record, because, uh, you know, this is my second time reading it. And I, I really wanted to drive home the fact that I, I wrote this piece because I'm just tired at this point of people dying because it, people quote unquote need to make money. I'm just, I, I'm, I, I feel like every casualty I hear about on the news, every single person dying from this virus, people bringing it home inadvertently. Uh, I, I am, I am so over it and I'm starting to feel the pain with every single story that I read now. And um, it's to the point where I, I'm be, I, maybe I am blindly angry and I am very, I'm very, clearly, there's a lot of rage I have about it. Uh, and, and, I, and I don't apologize for it because it's something that, um, you know, I feel like a lot of people are not listening to. They're, they're not listening to this. So it's just my, it's my reassertion of, you know, I went back and I reassessed when I first wrote this piece, was I too heavy handed? Was I too, was I, was I being a jerk? And I say, cause sometimes I feel like I, 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 you know, I, I can be heavy handed. And I said to myself, you know what? No. Um, even if it means, like I said, making penance with my words, if I have to be this way in order for, so somebody understands that people should not be dying, then it's worth what I said. And that, that's, that's pretty much where I'm coming from. Sometimes you got to be heavy handed, though, with your words, because some people just brush everything off so easily. So giving them the kind of harsh reality of how you feel about things really kind of helps, you know, hammer in the nail. I really loved it. Thank, thank you, Dustin. Yeah, I mean, um, I think also a big part of why I wrote this is that, you know, I was just saying to Kay uh, and, and, and everybody um, earlier in the podcast that where I live is actually um, uh, very severe right now with what's going on, uh, the worst in, in my state. Uh, and um, so the there's a lot of uh, feedback here against the powers that be to try to um, people feel like their livelihoods are being affected. Um, but I feel like no one can seem to distinguish between livelihood and life. And that's, that's where this comes from. A very, very beautiful poem. Um, so next we're going to have Hannah to close out this round and then we will begin the final round if people have pieces they still want to share and then we will have this um, come to a close. So Hannah, the floor is yours. Okay, thank you. Um, so here's my poem. The scariest part of having a gun to your head is not that you could die, but that you are not scared that you could die. My finger is on the trigger and the barrel is under my chin. I am ready. 
We are taught that guns, toxic chemicals, tall buildings, and sharp objects are dangerous, that they could result in death. We're instinctively afraid. We mistake fireworks for gunshots. We place warning labels on household cleaners. Some people, however, make regular visits to the shooting range, love the view of city lights from the top story of a skyscraper, and enjoy the smell of stale cigarettes in a dimly lit bar. And when I see these kinds of people, which I do almost every day, their lack of fear always seems to amuse me. I remember the way I flinch at a gunshot, feeling easy at the top of a Ferris wheel, fear the smell of alcohol on a drunk man's breath. These kinds of people intimidate me. Maybe the thought of having a sense of control replaces the fear of death. Maybe I am not unlike these kinds of people, but as I watch them down their fourth shot of whiskey, I want to ask them, does it ever get difficult? When you go home tonight, stumbling to your bedroom after yelling at your wife or removing your stubborn eyeliner, do you ever have trouble pushing down the thoughts that creep in your head? I want to ask, do you think maybe you're unfazed by these dangerous acts because what you're actually scared of is much worse? Do you remember the first time you wanted to travel the journey to the afterlife a bit earlier than expected? Do you think the thought of killing ourselves isn't scary because it's something we could choose? And yeah, the thought of not having control of our lives is pretty terrifying. It's much more comforting to think of not having to deal with our lives. It is so much work to face our fears, challenge our emotions, that we often forget the effort of living is worth it. All right. There was definitely some resonating thoughts in that piece, uh, specifically around choice and choice of fear. Um, quick side note, uh, me and my bartender, um, anytime I leave after closing, like, so we like, it's after 2am and whatever, he'll often say like, you know, get home safely. And I usually tell him half jokingly that I'm the most dangerous thing out there. So I'll be okay, like getting home. And, you know, some people do have to live that half truth or that, that slight illusion in order to push through the innumerable amount of scary things that exist in the world. And also with people who have been suicidal or who control in a moment of fear. So I think your piece really does hold its own in reaching out to people who have to deal with that dichotomy, like not wanting to be afraid to die. So you have to create situations where you're in control, even when control isn't necessarily an option. Yeah, thanks. That's kind of what I was going for. I was kind of going for this whole thing that a lot of times we're more scared of like having to deal with problems in our lives that we are more comforted by things that are seen as scary, like self-harm and drinking a lot and suicide. Hannah, um, I, I have to say, I mean, your, your pieces are really phenomenal and they're, and they're intriguing. They're very, very intriguing and they're meaningful. And I, I echo everything Rich said. This, this is, um, I, I love how your work um, clearly deals with real life issues, real serious problems, not just, and not to diminish any, any, anything else. And that is not what I'm doing. 
because I, I, I myself write very often about things that are not pertinent to the world at large, um, mostly very things that have to do with me. But your work is dealing with you, but how you want to deal with the real problems, how you want to deal with what's happening in the world and wrestle with the injustice, the inconsistencies, the discontents, and the dangers of just existing in, you know, in, in, in the civilized world, quote unquote, if you will. Um, and I'm inspired by it. So I, I, I love this piece, Hannah, and, and your other piece as well. And this was, um, this was fantastic, really. Yeah, this was a really, really powerful piece. Again, um, I, I feel like you're so fearless in your writing because you are touching on these, these more found sensitive topics, yet you do it in such a beautiful way that really makes me feel more human, um, if that makes sense. It really, it really is beautiful and you do an amazing job. And with that being said, we are on our final round. Um, so Rich, if you are ready and you have one more to share, go ahead. All right, uh, final piece for the day. And again, I think the, the last piece that was read has some uh, meaningful threads to the piece that I'm gonna read. Uh, so again, scrolling through my archives, uh, the title for this one is uh, Pints and Pints. And I guess it'll make sense when I start reading. I went back to drinking and eating ice cream. Nothing got worse, but nothing got better. So maybe I have no clue what it means to sacrifice for the greater good. You see, new year, new me doesn't actually make any sense to me. My year doesn't start on the first, it starts on the 19th of a month I can't remember. I just make a choice to give up the things I think are slowing me down in order to be a better person in order to be faster, stronger, a better model of a model citizen, a better model of who I say people should look up to. You see, I don't think these things hurt me, not in the long run or the short term or the way the media says it should. And I don't mean the political blah, blah, blah. I just mean you eat too much ice cream, you get fat. You drink too much, you kill your brain cells. Everything in moderation. I believe in moderation. I moderate myself. This humanity that I bring to the table, this humanity that I let bubble to the surface, this thing that I show off when I walk down the street. But for five, three, six, whatever month at a time, sometimes I just have to give up the things that make my creature comfortable in this world in order to be a better version of the model I think I'm building. But sometimes sacrifice isn't always sacrifice. Sometimes sacrifice is an acceptance of who you are, of what you like to do, of the demons you like to dance with, of the toxins you like to partake in. It's about how you decide to struggle, but strive. You see, like there's resistance to life, but there's also resistance to death. I already know I'm dying. It's the thing we already understand. 
but maybe a pint a day is too much. And maybe a pint a week is too much. And maybe a pint every other day or every other week is too much. But I'll find the balance of the toxins and the poisons and the vices. And maybe I'll make it to 100. Or maybe I'll just make it to 50. Regardless, the sacrifices that are for the greater good we'll never know are good enough until we're past the time where we can tell. The end. Rich, um, so I love the title. I love equally the content. It's, you pose a very interesting, interesting perspective in this poem. The, the idea that to wear these flaws on one sleeve is the idea to embrace their humanity. And I like that because I feel like whether it's pints or pints or any variation of something that would be considered of, of a vice, if you will, in the end, it does not matter. Yes, because death is the great equalizer, but also because I think it is a commonality amongst humans that we have these things that we need as outlets in order for us to cope with the existential dread, right? Um, and you really wonderfully like sort of made like a, a plea for this, like a demonstration of this in this poem, you know, I was on board with it. I was very much on board with the idea of, of you know, being proud and staunch in one's method of operation, their lifestyle, no matter what, because at the end of the day, humanity is is reduced to you know, these unique expressions of ourselves that we share commonly through our weakness in a lot of senses. And there's, there's, there's a certain joy and celebration in that. And I really, really appreciated that, Rich. Um, so this was, it was different, but I really thought it was, it was really meaningful and very indicative of, I think something personal for you. So this was, this was a phenomenal piece. Yeah, I really like the uh, title, just the, the comparison of, you know, pints and pints, because I, uh, I too am guilty of uh, loving ice cream and beer. So <laughs> literally the first line when you open up, I was like, this is going to be good. <laughs> yeah, this was another really, really good piece, Rich. Um, you always do an amazing job. So thank you for sharing. Um, so moving along, I will be performing next. And this is one that I wrote I think on Thursday, like super late, it was after a four hour exam um, on cognition for psychology. And I also didn't um, edit this one, but I think it's kind of funny. And you know what, why not? So here it goes. Finals that fry, finals found my mind in overdrive, leading to an overkill heightened and no, not by a thrill, but overstimulated, obsessing over information. Wait, am I overanalyzing? Shit, I need a breather, okay. Five minute meditation. I wish that lasted longer, but I don't have time. Look at the clock, one more hour. Let's kick it into high gear, brain power. Okay, I'm tired. Damn, my coffee's gone. How long will it take me to make another? Clock watch turns into a Glock, wishing time would stop, tick tock. Fuck, I wish I could crawl under a rock. Maybe music will help. I swear my thoughts have a voice of their own. One right, one wrong. I feel like I don't belong. Is writing a song a problem? Well, I'm a writer, so kind of. But wait, this is about solving. 
Remembering the answer to three times three, is that solving if it's specified as remembering? Cognitive psychology. This exam is fucking with my psyche. Now you wanna ask me if people can mind read? Shit, there is that technology. But this means as a sixth sense. So not really, but maybe. This isn't specific enough. There are way too many details. Witch hunts? I thought we were discussing the pronotions of a memory, or perspective rather, not the comparison of trauma to a children's story. If true or false is supposed to be easier, then this is gonna blow. My mind is dissipating into every fissure. I got this, sure. I honestly just don't care. I think flagging questions to relook at and make new decisions is a waste, just time to overthink. My eyes tire. When was the last time I blinked? If this is a ship of success, my prediction, if I were parapsychological, I'd sink. Is tank and sink an ambiguous term? Because either way, the caffeine is causing me heartburn. Okay, turn the pages, Google the rage. Wait, what are the various memory stage? I've been training for this test my whole life. I have a brain, blessed. This shit's got my desk in a mess, desktop included. There are too many tabs, PowerPoints. The question continues. Vape for drags, six kill, but this internet lags. Damn cat, you really wanna eat the cord? Cool, just, you know, cause my monitor to crash with the component on the floor. Damn, mom, a knock at my door? Oh, it's a letter that actually made me feel better. Maybe I should throw on some Beethoven. Maybe he can stimulate a 100% for fate. Okay, I'm through, I'm done. Damn an 88. Remember, grateful mind state. I did really well in the written, so I nailed it. No need to be mad. No kidding. Remember the D you got on the first one? You've made drastic improvements, can't you see? What time is it anyway? Yep, I'm talking to myself as a you. Thank God I made it through. My mind? Yeah, it's fried. Good night. And that is the end. All right, Kay. Um, I'm going to jump in here first because I, this again, another new angle to your poetry. This time it was like I was. It was K being K, like day to day K, if that makes sense. Like we're you're you're not dealing with like necessarily like that that highest self, but you're not dealing with that deepest self either. You're dealing with with K in her most like you know like honest daily like version, and I love how you translated that to. Um, a, almost like a stream of consciousness, like internal monologue that you sort of just like read to us. And, and um, yet still your poem had so much meaning and emphasis on like the, the themes that you always continuously revisit, Kay. Um, again, very much like, you know, on par with what you talk about, but from a new angle, from a, from a more, I want to say relaxed, very comfortable angle. Um, at least it felt that way to me. But I was really, really impressed by it, and 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 I and I felt I felt like it was very light and it was fun and it was it was it was it was interesting. It was a breath of fresh air, I think, and I I really appreciated it. Thanks, John. Yeah, um, I, I'd say it was from a very tired, um, over over awake, wanting to sleep kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a more playful piece that I wrote. Um, and it, it was just interesting because I really did incorporate a lot of the questions that were on my exam into this poem. Um, so if that doesn't prove how ridiculous it was, um, it definitely was, but I, I am very grateful for the kind words and thank you. Yeah, I like that a lot. I like that you used like this inner monologue and you also related it to the test you took. Thank you, Hannah, I appreciate it. All right, with that being said, um, that poem guy, Dustin, if you're ready, the floor is yours. Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, 
this one's going to be much shorter that I'll read, but uh, it's called Shelter and Rain. I am shelter, and you are rain, slipping through the cracks of the wood and the paint. I tried to seal my seams, but you are beauty untamed, soaking into my pores, diluting my veins. I hope you puddle up, not evaporate in vain, and flood this old house that keeps me contained. And that's it. Awesome work, Dustin. Awesome work. Uh, it, yes, brief, but meaningful and nice imagery, too. Uh, I, I, really, I really liked it, man. Um, always, always love hearing you um, share your wisdoms through these, these uh, brief pieces that you, that, that, like, you know, you're, you're really adept at coming up with. Thanks, Jonathan. Yeah, I, uh, this is one of my older ones that I wrote, I want to say, like, gosh, like almost six years ago. Um, but yeah, it was uh, something that just kind of came to me because um, I think I read a line somewhere where someone wrote, like, there's someone shelter. And I was like, ooh, I can go with that. And then it just came off the top of my head right after. Awesome, awesome work, as always. And so with two more performers left, Jazz, you are next and then Hannah, you will be after. Jazz, the floor is yours. Just a short piece it is. So here it goes. Sweet is the human existence. Searches for body warmers. Chooses it, buys it. And then on the internal level, searches and seeks for the soul warmers. Get it, gets it by destiny. Fate, luck, whatever you may call it. Spends whole life with the soul warmer. Despite of all the evilness and bad stuff about humans, which is, yes, very much there on the planet, yet this cuteness can't be ignored just like that. I know the reverse side of it too, but just for a second, wanted to appreciate and put on the pedestal this little cute thing which unites us humans despite of the nationality, cultural divisions, and total diverse geographical locations. Here's to all the people who are magical soul warmers, be it the partner one, be it the daughter one, be it the son, mother, father, grandparents, human, etc. Thank you for filling the world with the most needed warmth, sweeties. I'm writing here for the ones who are going to read the post. I wish this brings a smile while you read. I know you might be thinking the magnitude of the world is so enormous and we humans are so small compared to this. But let me tell you, your warmth matters, your sweetness matters, your kindness matters, your smile matters, your cry matters, your every little deed of goodness and righteousness that goes unnoticed on a daily basis matters. And the final one, whenever you travel far or even go to the nearby shops, the mundane vibe that is very much there as it becomes a part of your routine, then also your sweet vibe matters. Just imagine or think whenever you come across a soul warmer, the whole thing, the you in the circumstance, the activity which you were doing in the circumstance, all turns magical. And you never forget that, right? It may be a person or might be a person that you may have smiled on or that person who just across the street just gave a little bit of smile to you gently despite of the fact that you don't know them while buying something at a shop 
you were bargaining and the person coincidentally thinking to buy the same thing as you resulted in getting you collectively a discount for both of yourselves that's quite a thing there you might have fallen somewhere and despite all the popular just surpassing you a particular person stopped and help you got up you might be having a coffee at a cafe all by yourself and the sudden glance of a person with a smile delighted you and you both eventually had coffee and conversations together i mean despite of the gender you might be um, having a particular pattern or a selection as per your choice if you are a girl boy whatever you might have made a new close friend at the grocery store just by two minutes of conversations at the counter you both have clicked these are all the things that we as humans take for granted and just uh, and just by making a mundane livelihood just following the routine boxing up yourself eating food going back to the routine and years passing and then just dying that's not what god has prepared you for or created you on this earth this breathing existence of yours and amdin circumstances i want to add more but i guess it's getting long now not to forget when someone spoke loving to lovingly to you that made your day and your life your existence never forgets that moment so cheers to all the soul warmer humans feel free to add the comments thank you thank you jazz for sharing that that was really beautiful i liked how it really united everyone in in this world and that every emotion that we have does matter and that we can we can continue to smile and when we do we we don't even realize the impact that we can have on another and i found this to be a really beautiful uniting piece so thank you yeah i really love the uh just the constant day-to-day -day, uh routines you kind of put in um you know about going to the supermarket and just, you know, just the little things like seeing someone who just happens to notice you wave at you, you know, a head nod or something. Um, the little things really do matter a lot of times because we never know what anyone else is going through. So if we happen to, you know, see someone and they, you know, we don't know who them, but you, just out of courtesy, we, we wave or we head nod, we smile. Those little things, they really do mean a lot to some people. So yeah, I really love the piece. Thank you for sharing. All right, thank you, Jazz again and for our final piece tonight it will be read by hannah and then we will go ahead and close out the show so hannah the floor is yours okay thank you um so i wrote this one i'm not sure if i like read it before in a spoken word one but it's more personal and i do want to say like put out a trigger warning that it does mention a uh, suicide so here we go to me a bottle of pills brought a moment of hope to you, a bottle of pills brought hospital bills, my suicide attempt a failure, a burden, a bill. I see you cost money, you said. Think about the next time you try to kill yourself. The vital sign monitor was off. Listen, I'm sorry I didn't think about the ambulance cost, and the only thing I think about is putting a bullet in my head and staining the wall red, and, and how I can't do that because it costs money to repaint the wall. It costs money to send my five-year-old sister to therapy if she happens to see me with my brains blown out and all. To me, a razor holds the same shape as a doorway. To you, the door to work is closer than the empty seat at the dinner table, the same damn table with food you like to constantly remind us you provide us with. 
it's not that I don't know that a coffin costs money. It's just that I'd rather OD on acetaminophen and then be home alone again. That was really, really, really deep. Um, I, I just, I, I'm kind of speechless here because I, I relate to it. Um, and it's never fun to admit these things or to have these ideas that have previously entered our minds at some point or another. Um, I, I get the cost of the ambulance and all those things because um, I, I was Baker acted one time and I did, um, I had a, I mean, I still have to build the, um, the ambulance ride and, and the whole nine yards. And um, I really feel free for this piece and for anyone who is suffering with these, these thoughts or these ideations and plans. Um, this just is, is a message of hope that we, even though there is darkness that you are still here today and you're sharing your amazing work. And I just know this is going to, to really reach out to a lot of people. So thank you for being brave and sharing this. Thanks. Yeah, it was kind of, it was basically like after I attempted suicide, instead of like my dad comforting me, I guess, or something, it was more just him complaining about the costs of it all. Yeah, that's why I wrote it. It was really well worded. Uh, and like Kay said, I, I too kind of relate to that. Um, my thoughts more so when I was going through um, that time of my life, I always thought it's like, well, what is my, what are my sisters going to think? What are, what's my family going to say? Like, how disappointed is my grandmother going to be? It, it, to me, it wasn't so much more about like, I guess, them being worried about that because I didn't actually confide in them. They never really knew what was going on through me, but that was always like a thought going in my head. I'm like, damn, like, I'm doing this or I want to do this, but the the guilt, internal guilt really held me back in a lot of ways and kind of made me hate myself more for wanting to do something like that. Um, but I'm sorry that you have had to go through situations in your life like that and your family that should be there to comfort you in the most dire time wasn't as comforting as I should have been, but happy to hear that you're still here though. Okay, so with that being said, I'm just going to include the suicide prevention lifeline. I just feel like it's, um, this should be added for this because I know there are people out there who might listen and, and be struggling and you're not alone. And this number is 800-273-8255. Um, thank you to everyone who came out to the premiere of this international event. Um, I think it went really well. I think we got a lot of therapy out of this and a lot of really good messages and um, written words that had meaning. And I am so grateful to have shared this platform with all of you. And with that being said, thank you all. And we hope you have a good rest of your day. Bye.